a blue button has appeared, which means if I click that, we are actually live. We're only a minute late. That's basically that's basically on time. In railway time, that's we're we're, we're actually scheduled ahead of time, being a minute late. That's I was going to say, yeah, for particularly what what we're talking about today, uh, that's that's very early. That's it. You're you're pleased. You're you're pleased. You you basically don't even notice that the train is late if it's if it's only, within ten minutes. Um, only partially frozen to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um. Yeah. Ha- good evening, everyone. Hello. You should be able to hear me. Uh, people in in the uh, in the chat. Hello to all of you. Hello, YouTube. Um, I, I can see people. People are, are saying things, which is which is positive. Um, uh, this is already. Yeah, da, 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 da. Any guesses what I'm drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, water. I didn't have time to make myself a nice hot drink, so I'm drinking cold water out of the rail matter mug. It's fine. People can hear me. Sound excellent. Uh, if the sound balance isn't all right, let me know. Everyone in the chat, you know what to do. Oh, so, um. It, we're doing it. We're here. Um, I'm gonna. In fact, before we, I'll tell you what. Before we introduce Rebecca properly, which we're going to do momentarily. <laughs> so good stuff. Um, oh, there's a slight, slight connection issue. Any, any issues to your end? No, no. People are asking if there's a pint of brains on the go. No, I don't have a pint of brains on the go. Um, you remember that? Do you remember for a while the rugby they had? Um, they weren't allowed to advertise alcohol, so they were. Um, they, they were. They, they had brawn written on their shirt. Didn't they, wasn't it like they had bronze written up? Because Brains was the main sponsor of the, of the Welsh rugby team. I, do you remember that? I know very little about rugby because I'm a terrible Welsh person, but I do remember <laughs> them advertising at one point that you weren't allowed to go home and um, be violent towards your girlfriend if the rugby, uh, if Wales lost in the rugby. There were posters up at one point. Well, that's very <laughs> noble, but like also dark. <laughs> that they, that that's that was the line that they had to advertise. Crikey, it's yeah, well, it's incredible stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah good grief. Yeah. So, uh, no one sees that there's any issues there, and good. I was a little bit nervous about the feed because it just disconnected and reconnected, but everyone seems happy enough. Right, in which case, let's crack on. First of all, it's the first live show of the year, which is which is nice. Um, that's exciting. And as is as is, there's this weird tradition where we have started doing. It seems the last two years, the first of the episode. In fact, it's the only two years I've had the first live episode because it's not been running that long. Uh, it always ends up being about Wales, and actually, so far has been about the South Wales Metro every time as well. So, um, anyway, uh, themes and tropes appear when you do the, when you do one of these a week. Good grief! The, we're nearly at hundred episodes, which is scary. Anyway, I'll stop waffling. Right. Oh, the COVID stats. So um, what are we seeing in terms of COVID statistics? For anyone who's not familiar with this, um, uh, including Rebecca, hello. Uh, yeah, so what, what I do is before most episodes is I try and get the latest DFT stats on ridership um, uh, on public transport, particularly uh, during the pandemic. So this is as this, th- these trends here are um, as a percentage of... Uh, of pre-COVID levels. So it's not absolute numbers, it's relative numbers. So for example, I pick any date, October 2021, you can see that things were about 75% of um, of, of pre-COVID levels. So the equivalent week before COVID was a thing, um, there were you know the, the 25% more people traveling by by train. Uh, that's what this blue line is. And so it's always interesting to tr- to look at it. So so we're following this trend line, trying to be above 75% of pre-COVID levels before the end of the year. But Omicron arrived and everything went downhill after that. Um, and we reached quite a low level of about um, 30% uh, ridership um, just before the new year, which is not ideal. But we were kind of on track for 75%. And we had indeed sat at, been sat at 75% um, or nearly at 75% beforehand. But anyway, not 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 an ideal start um, or end to last year in that it dropped off because of another uh, 
because of another another bout, another wave, um, another variant. And you can see that in terms of stats, it's starting to climb again um, quite quickly, actually, uh, which is sort of what I'd expect to happen. But I think a lot fewer people travelled over Christmas than have done in the past, which is why the numbers were so much lower. Uh, so there we go. Um, that is the COVID numbers. Uh, any, 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 anyone else has any thoughts? Then um, feel free to chip in. Uh, when is prof oh, oh yes, that's right. Well, it's the news, everyone, and we've got Elon Musk. There's some people chatting in a car, and we have Elon Musk has has fixed traffic by burying it in a hole under the ground. Um, this is indeed just a queue of this. I I love. I absolutely adore videos of the boring company loop because it's so funny. It's look at it, it's just traffic. What's even funnier is if you this video came out on Twitter and it's just like two it's just two people chatting like it's a taxi, um, and they're stuck in traffic. And this is supposed to be mass transit. It's a joke. Um, I'm not even going to dwell on it. It's just quite funny. Go find the video on Twitter. It's uh, highly entertaining. Oh, what else is going on uh, in the news? Carillion. Uh, do you remember Carillion, everyone? Do you remember Carillion? Rebecca, were you writing when Carillion happened? It was in 20, was it 2018, I think? It went no, pop. No, I wasn't then. Oh. No, I was, uh, what was I doing then? I was working for an opera company at that point. Oh, but I'm very well aware of uh, Carillion. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the ripples continue to bounce off things. Um, it's... So, so particularly recently, it's 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 emerged that KPMG, one of the big four um, consult kind of a pure consultancies, um, uh, sort of a big accountancy firms, um, have admitted that they uh, they just literally made up documents. They just made them up, just created fake documents to just sort of justify and prove that Carillion were doing fine. Um, that's just it's just bonkers. The whole thing's bonkers, uh, and indeed, I'm going to oh go on. I saw a thread by John McDonnell earlier, and it seems to establish that this was something that happened that was a known thing that kind of happens amongst these auditing firms there's a history of 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 this kind of activity it just really shocked me that it seemed to be sort of like an open secret that these kind of practices go on and i mean we have this yeah. weird belief in britain that that britain isn't that the uk is not an incredibly corrupt country there's this bizarre it was said recently that a lot of people are like oh britain's not britain's not a corrupt country uh mm -hmm. I'm, I'm almost kind of dropping into like uh the it's alan partridge sakir starmer there uh, i'm not going to yeah. do a milo edwards's impersonation of sakir <laughs> starmer i've been listening to way too much trash feature so it's all i have in my head <laughs> anyway uh particularly today uh yeah I, I would encourage the prime minister anyway um no carillion uh yes it, it, britain is corrupt it's horribly corrupt and the sooner we admitted this we might be able to start tackling that corruption rather than just believing that our kind of corruption is fine right you know how, how big corporation corruption is fine uh compared to just you know like giving a, a cop a tenor in other countries where we think corruption is bad uh wake up everyone Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's all good fun. We're going to explore that in a couple of episodes' time, actually, um, uh, which is which I'm quite pleased about. Uh, so it's, I'm glad that it came into the news because uh, it's uh, it's important stuff. Anyway, what else is in the news? Oh yes, of course, this is going to be a running theme of the Rail Matter news um, going forwards, uh, which is that everything is the integrated rail plan now. Absolutely everything. So I was moaning about the integrated rail plan uh, when it came out in November. It's this. It's supposed to be. Uh, an integration of HS2 and the new line across the Pennines into the existing railway network better. What it ended up becoming was cancelling those things. 
uh, which is nice. So, uh, <laughs> yes, which is nice of government, wasn't it? So, so you see, this is a project that was started uh, years ago. It's been in the works for about 10 years, and somehow it's made its way, it's become part of the integrated rail plan. Uh, this is part of our integrated rail plan. Is it? What? £161 million that was signed off like two or three years ago, and this a project that's been in the works for 10 years before anyone had even invented the words integrated rail plan together. Uh, and they we're just going to see more of this. More and more stuff that got, that is nothing to do with this daft plan is going to be called part of the integrated rail plan. This is this is now the government's buzzword thing, that they all the wonderful rail stuff that's going to happen. I don't know I've drawn so many red lines on this page. Um, is going to be called the IRP. It's because I'm angry. I'm incredibly yeah. angry, and I'm focusing that anger into my pen. Uh, look, here's... See, this is me... Uh, with a with uh, I'm unhappy. So you look, that's my unhappy <laughs> face. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I'm just made I'm made very angry by uh, by this whole thing. It's just very frustrating. So, what else is in the news? Ah, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to come back to this. But it's Wales versus HS2. There's a whole discussion. Uh, Rebecca and I are going to come and chat. We're going to chat briefly about the political concepts behind this later on in the episode. But um, oh, it's so tiresome. People, this constant battle. HS2 finds its way. Basically, uh, we'll explore this later. Suffice to say, um, HS2 is being drawn into the battle with between Cardiff and Westminster over Wales's rightful uh, need for more uh, devolved power and devolved funding. Like those two things are necessary and right, and HS2 is getting dragged into that argument um, incorrectly, and it's very annoying, and it it makes lots of people who should be agreeing on sensible things fight each other for no reason. We'll explore a bit of that later, but anyway, suffice to say that's basically the theme of Wales, Uh, of Welsh politics, is people who should be agreeing with each other fighting over everything. Yeah, 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 it's just, it's, uh, yes. Well, it's just, uh, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's a, it's a bit like a slightly different axis. There's like the progressive axes and progressive pol- pol- people in progressive politics are always fighting each other. You know, people in the left always fighting each other. And then there's and then there's the, and then there's sort of um, left of centre and progressive nationalism that's always fighting itself. And nationalism generally often fighting itself because you've got you do have the you've got some of the, particularly in Scotland a, a national nationalism debate. I know much better than the Welsh nationalism debate, which is one that I've started exploring much much more recently. But in Scottish nationalism, you've got right wing nutters who are nationalists, uh, and then you right the way to like full communists who are nationalists, and, and so it's even more of a broad spectrum. Oh of people fighting god, each other. that's so familiar. Yeah, we've got that. We've got we've got our own very new sort of right wing nationalist party, um, sort of our answer to Albert, I guess, oh, yeah. um, with. A party called GLAD and then we've got Plaid Cymru which is also kind of a collection of sort of very left-wing people and very centristy people and also some people who are kind of a sort of centre-right yeah. but sort of attached to the the independence cause and it's yeah it's it's a it's a weird thing I'm sure you do ever in Scotland as well where you have this sort of awkward mixture of people bashed together much as i don't like to draw too many parallels there are a lot of parallels between the smp and plaid um the smp rely on two core sets of vote which is um like urban metro like urban progressives and uh rural uh cowboys and it in my, (laughs) my my parents live in mid wales they live in talabont and keredigion and the majority vote is very much the uh, rural cowboy uh, uh, who that that kind of a lot of farmers who are very vigorously plied and and, and they are not 
left of center let's put it that way um and yeah. i think it's and in scotland it's the same when i grew up i grew up in in the countryside in i grew up in a town in the countryside in scotland and the mm. rural vote you know the, the 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 rural vote that wasn't tory was very much um well it was tory but it was tory with a different color but it was very much like uh kind of rural nationalist and they were again not left of center i was gonna say yeah farmers in wales are usually either it depending on where they live they're either conservative or sort of plied but a very specific sort of flavor of plight yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah definitely parallels indeed so um so that was the news what we're going to do now is uh 14 minutes into the episode it always happens this always <laughs> happens i always drag the news i always think oh we're going to whiz through the news and it takes half an hour so um Here's a nice railway station. In fact, which is your local station, by the way, to your mum? Is it uh, is it Astradronda or is it one of the other wee ones? No, Astradronda is a bit further down the valley than me. Uh, my my hometown station is Porth. Ah, I think it's okay. about, probably about like three, four um, stops away from you. But yeah, I know this station. It's it's a, I like this because it's a nice picture for a variety of reasons. I mean, it, it's it's got what I perceive as like quite a classic uh, valley's view. I, I, I know the valleys reasonably well. I've explored them uh, kind of by bicycle and by train. Uh, and and it, often it's like more land, then a line, then sort of a hill with some trees and field on it, then another <laughs> fairly obvious line, and then a bunch of houses. And the houses might be like terraces or they might be sort of much more recent new builds. And occasionally you get something like this, which is a massive road or something cutting through it. And that's pretty much like a lot of the valleys for me. It like feels that's like that's like yeah. the, the vibe. Yeah, there's also usually a coal tip or ten yes. sort of dotted around. And if you stand on top of one of them and look down, you it basically when you see the valleys, it's sort of like a bunch of hills and mountains, and then you get like all of the towns sort of like slap back in the middle of the valley sort of snaking through like a stream um yeah. and then you'll get some houses sort of dotted on the hillside then yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's quite a vibe um and it a, it's a very specific vibe it's a, it is a very specific vibe and um and it's yeah we'll, we'll, we'll chat more about this in it, it, shortly but um i think well without further ado given that we're already quarter of an hour in and i've had i've been waffling dreadfully um i think it's time to to, to start the show welcome to tonight's rail Nighter, everyone City 225 fades away. Let us uh, let us do a few things. First of all, let us move on here and uh, look at some some insights into rail travel in the valleys. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't send these to you. <laughs> I know. Well, you you've made your bed now. You have to line it. And let's bring up our faces. Uh, so so uh, hello everyone. Um, so Rebecca, here are some complaints of yours while traveling by train and um. And I'm so glad that, so we had, I, for, we've been following each other for a while. I've followed you on Twitter for, for quite a while and um, you're quite incisive insights on, on anything you write on. So I was like, well, it'd be great if we can get Rebecca in. And then I kind of raised the idea with you and, um, uh, and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know anything about railways. It's like, you do know loads about railways. You're a traveler on the train, which means that you are an expert. It's people who travel by train that need to, that know the most about railways because we have to accommodate, you know, the railways are useless if we don't carry any, anyone on them. And here is your um, here is your thesis uh, right here, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is 
I, I like these. So for the people who are for the uh, the people who are on audio only, uh, I'm uh, I, weirdly, despite the fact that you are on this episode, Rebecca, I'm going to read out your tweets, which is which is oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favourite here, which is, uh, this train feels like an experiment designed to identify at which precise temperature human beings start to cook. Uh, yeah, and do you then... know what? I remember that one vividly as well. It was, um, <laughs> it was coming home from work is when I was still commuting um, back and forth Cardiff from uh, Porth. And um, yeah, it was like the middle of summer. It was one of those days. Cause the, the main the main experience of, of being on a valley's train, as you can probably see from that little picture there, is yeah. you tend to be slammed up against other people's bodies for long periods of time. And, you know, like you're trying to sort of like edge away from people and get some personal space, but it's not just not possible. So it was like the middle of summer. It was a really hot day. I remember like a dress to work because I knew that the commit was going to be a nightmare. And I was sitting there like ringing with sweat angrily typing into my phone as if it was gonna <laughs> yeah 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 oh it's, it's catharsis yeah. it, it, it's catharsis mm. so um uh, the contrasting you being cooked alive is it's one degree outside uh the train's over half an hour late no update from uh arriva trains wales at the time uh late for work pacing the platform like uh, you've uh, shat yourself to slow the creep of imminent icy death um yeah, uh, that uh, def- hashtag defrost Becca. I-, I like this contrast of like, yeah, basically, no matter what the temperature is, uh, you are going to be suffering in it. Um, it's that's another that's another key one as well because you have on on the trains you have these really like old battered heaters. Um, so even when it's freezing cold and you get on the train, typically what happens if you if you're um, unfortunate enough to sit. Because um, the heaters are underneath the seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you if you sit in front of the heater, usually they they're quite busted. So they they're extremely hot. So I remember I I always wear like sort of long length Doc Martins, and they've obviously got like these rivets in the boots that are metal, and they'd heat up and sort of burn, <laughs> burn yeah, yeah. my legs. So you'd be freezing cold, and then you get on the train, and then your legs would be burning because of the heater. So it was just yeah. Not, not, not an ideal situation. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, we're going to get into the details of why there are all these problems uh, later on. But I think, like, the key thing is, it, you've had, you've had that experience. You know, you kind of know that uh, that whole um, journey pretty, pretty well. Um, so, so you travel. You used to commute into. Did you commute into Cardiff Centre? Is that your the kind of usual commute? So at the moment, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to commute that far anymore. So I work um, for the National Wales now, which is a, mm. a a Welsh news service that has its offices in Newport. And I live in Cardiff Bay, so it's basically just a, a quick hop on on what I think of as quite fancy trains. They're not fancy trains. It's just the, it's because the the train going to Newport is the one that goes over to London, and it's the 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 cross country train. It's cleaner, and it's like the trains don't sound like they're shrieking in pains. They pull off. Um, but I used to commute from Porth in um, the Rhondda Valley. Um, I worked for a time, sort of in um, centre of Cardiff town. I'd go from like Porth to Cardiff Queen Street. And then I, for a bit, commuted into Cardiff Bay, so I'd switch to Cardiff Queen Street to get on the Bay train. So all of those um, little snapshots of yeah. my misery come from the time when I was um, either when I was still commuting or when I'm coming from home in Cardiff 
to visit home in the Rhonda to visit my mum because even though like you know by car it's about a half an hour's journey it it's a project <laughs> to get back and forth like, fundamentally still. and the geography of the uh, yeah it's, it's so I, I mean, I, I probably should have like just put in some some aerial shots of the uh, like of the of the valleys just to give people an idea of. And this is this will feed into a bit. I mean, I'll tell you what. Before we before we do that, um, let us move on to let, let's let's move to the next chapter so we can identify kind of make the point of, of what we're going to talk about. So if we're going to start by talking about. Uh, I mean, we've already touched on it. Talking about the Ronda Valleys, particularly and perhaps broad, more broadly, what what the valleys are, why mm-hmm. they're um, an important region, why what the challenges are, and why kind of I've said rail, but actually public transport. Why public transport is so critical, um, and and sort of yeah. So so it's probably worth you kind of exploring a bit about. You get to just wax lyrical about the valleys and why they're why why they're awesome, but also why they have serious challenges. You know, some, these are some of the most. I mean, post-industrial areas, as people might guess, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blenheim Gwent, which is a few valleys over, is one of the most deprived areas in Europe. You know, these these are these these are not well off parts of Britain. These are abandoned parts of Britain, frankly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if so, you want to explore um, uh, have explore the valleys a bit. Yeah. So. Um, so there there are two Ronda valleys. So there's um, uh, Ronda Vach, um, which is uh, basically the valleys are very close to Cardiff, they sort of on the outs, sort of just past the outskirts of what we'd consider um, the wider Cardiff city region. Um, they are um, former mining communities, as I'm sure most people know. There's two of them. There's um, Rondevach, we should make sure I get this right. I'm from there, I should know. Rondevach, yeah, is the Mardi, is, um, it goes through sort of a, a series of small towns you've got sort of like Tylerstown you've got um uh, Ferndale and then you've got Mardi and then where I'm from which is Porth is this sort of kind of the 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 bigger end of the valleys around the Vaur mm. um so you've got sort of my town is is what's known as the gateway to the Ronda which is the first town as you come in from uh from towards Cardiff in and then it goes up to Treherbet and the Treherbet line is the one that I is the it's the train line that I use, um, yeah. So again, former mining communities, very much uh, mining part of the identity and, and the, the the fabric of the area to to an extent that I only am sort of realizing more and more as I get older. I was thinking the other day, just sort of like, um, what I was I, I can't remember what I was doing. I was walking past somewhere and it just suddenly popped into my head about sort of my nan having like a miner's lamp in the in the living room by the fireplace for no apparent reason. I think he used to belong to a dad. Um, so yeah, and and as you were saying, it's um, deindustrialized. Obviously, it was a big site of the the big 1980s miners' strike. You had um, the lesbians and gay support the miners. It was sort of not my valley, but sort of nearby. It, obviously, it was a big site for for that conflict between um, the Thatcher government at the time and the national union of mine workers yeah. and since um the um the reprivatization of uh the coal mining industry it's it's gone through yeah some some pretty some pretty awful sort of neglect it's as you were saying uh line of sort of nearby not quite in the same area but one of the most deprived areas in europe you've got 
areas like Kleinapia in um, in uh, Rondevaur that's also in- incredibly deprived. Um, there's a lot of unemployment. There's it's it yeah it's difficult to kind of convey because it's, it's sort of everything feels slightly further away there because there's so many places that have shut. You've got high streets that you know the shops have kind of all vacated over the years there's this towns like Tonopandi where I used to go when I was a kid shopping with my with my mother and stuff there used to be big bustling town centers that are completely completely empty now they're just ghost towns um you'll have like a vape shop and and yeah. that's about it really yeah, yeah, yeah um and then you've also got the mining legacy in the area so obviously again mid-90s coal industry reprivatized um, all of this land that used to belong to the the National Coal Board gets sold off very um, hastily by the the John Major government, and so you end up with this patchwork of because we have I get I, I don't know how much to go into because like the the thing with coal miners that produce a lot of a lot of waste and how we tend to, to deal with our waste is we put them into these big huge heaps on the sides of the mountains, coal tips. Um, very familiar to anyone who's grown up in in South Wales and particularly in the valleys you play on them you know you don't really think anything of them but what can happen if they if there's drainage issues underneath the ground or other or different factors is that they can collapse and because um, of the specific geography of or the topography would be the right word topography of the area where you've got like all of these like uh, terrace streets crammed into like the valley floor between these hills which then have the tips on them if they collapse they then collapse straight into the towns below so it's a it's it's, it's so i've yeah so i've put open street map up and some people are moaning yeah. that they can't tell us what but the whole point is that this is you see this the narrowness of the establishment so, so this is um i presume this is uh this is vach and this is vaur uh here it's these two. is there where you see the word triorki that's vaur yeah yeah um, um and so, so yeah. yeah so so the the yeah vower is in which is for, for the uh for the linguists out there that's a mutation of mauer which means big in welsh um mm-hmm. so the uh you can see the the, the valley and you can see that the density is hugely dense this is the, one of the things about the valleys is you have this on average it's the density isn't isn't so much but if you just look at the the areas that are built that are able to be built up they're incredibly dense area mm. densely populated or certainly were um and as a result of that, they, they're kind of these, they're becoming feeders for, or they've almost entirely become feeders for Cardiff now, you know, for the, for yeah, the, for the major cities. Yeah, that's the thing. They're basically, a, a lot of people find their work in, in Cardiff because, you know, that's where the, the jobs are. Those, those morning trains back and forth Cardiff are packed because, mm. you know, as you say, they've not always, you know, you have some people who work in Ponty still and stuff, but a lot of people work in Cardiff. And if they're not, you know, and then you've got you've got sort of other um, issues. So if you see like Ronde Vach, um, sort of Mardi, that sort of smaller yeah, valley yeah. next to Ronde Vaud, that doesn't really have train links at all. I mean, there's um, a mountain. Just for anyone who's not sure, uh, can't see the topography. There, there are major hills, very steep hills yeah, along they, here along big. this line. This is just a totally isolated. So it's so a Mardi and uh, Blind Mar- um yeah, are. Actually totally like totally hidden uh kind of this just this little valley that <laughs> it's just on it's i totally isolated yeah, relying on relying on presumably for public transport there will be a bus and, and presumably a reasonably it's, 
it's a pretty it's a pretty miserable situation for for people who live in towards sort of Mardi Ferndale area um because like if you're trying to get a card if you're either going to catch a bus that will probably take you the best part of like two and a bit hours to get yeah. to Cardiff if you work in there um or you're catching a bus to like a train station like Porth or something yeah or you know somewhere a bit nearer um to to then go to Cardiff like I knew I, I, I was working for um a council call center up in um Williamstown I think it was Williamstown oh, yeah. um a couple of years ago that's um yeah it's that's sort of a big employer as well rct council but um yeah and i someone with work had had just started working in the same call center as me um who who had previously been a tesco call center in cardiff and he was you know he used to tell me that he would like you know he'd finish on a late shift at the call center and then sort of be stuck to get home because like if you miss the the, the other thing is that like the buses and trains going back and forth the valleys in cardiff like they they end quite early like the the trains not not horrendously bad you know they they'll still have ones going something past 11 at night mm. but buses they they stop running pretty early on and particularly if and they're finishing it's... early on in cardiff or you know in the major it, it means that they're you know that's it's even more useless when you're out in the sticks when presumably they're actually finishing even earlier so they can get back to their depots which are likely to be in the city rather than out in the fringes mm. yeah not not great um yeah yeah so 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 people are so, so there's there's a real challenge and the other thing is so so i suppose it comes back to a thing that we've discussed in rail just, before just to oh, come on, back yeah. to, um just to come back to um ron the Vark as well probably as you can imagine as well sort of places like mardi ferndale if you can see that little white patch um by where it says stanley town it says penrice that's um these are some of like the most um deprived areas as well in the ron the and I, I can't help with that is part of, the, you know, the, it's just so difficult to get around. Mm. You know, you can't get hold of, like Penrice, you can't tell there, but it's on the top of quite a steep hill. And when it snows, people get stranded up there really easily because snow falls quite thick. You can't drive in and out. And it, so there's, there's just these compounding sort of transport issues that makes it such a complicated area for public transport and such a, an area that really desperately needs better transport links and then that's the, the other thing is is that despite all this there are still areas in like um north west wales and stuff or sort of like midwest wales that have even worse problems yeah. with public yeah. transport if we're trains are concerned so yeah I'm, I'm rambling a bit because it's such a big subject but i mean yeah and we could you know we could this could be a subject in and of itself and the importance of public transport it comes back to a thing we chatted about in rail now the point i was going to make and yes to those in the chat i am going to put up rail map online to show you what the rail network used to look like but i'm going to do that shortly but this um it comes back to a thing which is um yes public tra like public transport is not the preserve of the wealthy um people particularly in house the demographic um of the valleys very much maps onto people who do not have a lot of people do not have access to any cars let alone just one car or per household you know the, people mm -hmm. do not by default have a car in these regions so they rely on public transport to get around and and you know given the distances involved 
and the and the fact that what, what people who are driving means that the traffic is dreadful you can't upgrade the roads and and kind of where it has it's usually disruptive and generally it's to bypass these areas not serve them um traffic is dreadful which means the buses don't just are not are not viable where you've got so you need yeah. to have rail connections because those can at least be uninterrupted and get you places more quickly um yeah that's what i meant by that sort of like weird sort of phrase where i said everything feels further away because i don't think stuff is that far away but it's because like obviously i can't drive and i can't ride uh cycle either because i'm like kinetically challenged all i can do is walk and sit on a train and if you're one of them a lot of people are like that in the valleys which means that like you know getting anywhere is such a project you know the 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 everything does you do end up feeling a little bit more isolated because everything is such a faff sometimes just to get like yeah yeah just to 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 go to town to shopping and 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 stuff it's yeah it's it's not ideal (laughs) absolutely so so if i drag this over to here so people can Mm -hmm. just answer the question people want to know how many railways there were in in this valley and you can see there was a there was a railway to be honest like is this from when the coal industry and stuff was because i know like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so this is giving an idea firstly the the density of rail and we've done this already on the south wales metro episode the density of railways here is indicative of how industrial the area was right so if we look at um both from the from which is this one it had a railway running right up the, the valley and from the vower you can see the railway there you can see all the feeder railways. so actually you know much of the railway still exists if i switch off uh, switch off this and this and switch off put on modern railways and then switch this off you can see how many are left not as many yeah. Wild. I didn't know this website existed. Oh, you'll waste hours on it. It's dangerous. Um, But that gives you an idea of of how much the railways. But to be honest, these were not. Most of these were not passenger railways to start with. They were um, coal 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 railways. They were not for passengers. So it's a little. Yes, it would be nice if. if, Sorry, go on. They would have been to transport. You know, I was talking about getting rid of the coal waste. They would have been to transport stuff to, um, uh, to transport both coal and to transport stuff for dumping into where there were yeah where there were spoil heaps absolutely um also if if people want to know what an extractive railway system looks like Mm -hmm. uh, this is it (laughs) this is a railway not designed for people this is a railway designed to take minerals away from away from another territory for the benefit of someone else Uh, but anyway that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's by the by so let us return to the slides. So we've, we've kind of talked a bit about that. Uh, hopefully that's useful for, um, uh, oh, wait a minute. Someone said, turn on the industrial lines. Oh, okay, well, there's an industry. Oh, golly. Yeah, there you go. This oh, yeah. More... There's... Good grief. Yeah, there we go. You'll Absolute see chaos. that's where they go up to the hills. Yeah. yeah. So these are all the ones feeding yeah. up into the mines and onto spoil heaps mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So um, yeah. I think we've talked a lot about the, the, the current system and why public transport is important. I mean, we could we could discuss that for hours and hours because it, it's but hopefully we've mm-hmm. made the point of why why it's so important for anyone wondering why. Um, uh, why Becca's head keeps resizing? It's because it's because we did a weird <laughs> Skype call that I've never done before, and it seems that based on the the internet, it's changing the resolution. And rather than just holding the resolution, OBS is just shrinking 
and resizing uh, Becca's head based on how many pixels I'm being sent. So uh, I'm not going to change yeah, it every nice. five minutes. It's fine. It's nice can... because basically what happened is that I had never used Skype before and I couldn't figure out yeah, that's to my do fault. call in the normal way. I, I use old-fashioned Skype from 20 years ago because it works best with OBS because I'm a curmudgeonly git. And I haven't, actually, it's because I haven't worked out how to get like Zoom to work with it properly yet. Anyway, that's for, that's, that's for another time. No one cares. So um, no one cares about how unprofessional and bad a job I do of this thing that I have done every week now for two years. So the Ron the Valley line, let's talk about the railway. So you've talked a bit about how poor the service is and why, but um, I don't know if you wanted to explore that a bit, you know, if there's anything more you wanted to say about that experience and particularly not just your experience, but what, what your perception of that experience is for others and how it impacts on people um, uh, in the valleys, if you wanted to chat a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I've covered it in my general sort of whinge about um, the temperature and, and, and it being late. But what, what the main gripe is, and, and again, anyone who's from the valleys will probably um, feel this as well, is that never enough carriages. Yeah. So it's always late, or for the most part it's late, or is cancelled with almost no notice. Um, some of the things that I didn't uh, that I didn't send through to you, well, I found when I when I name searched uh, trains on my my account was just me having sort of frustrated little interactions with the river trains whales, um, and sort of being told forty minutes into the thing that the train wasn't coming. Anyway, so it's always late or delayed, cancelled, and when it gets there, you usually get one carriage, two carriage, for a huge amount of, of people trying to commute into the city. Now, I'm saying this, I don't know quite what it's been like during commuting hours the past couple of years. I'm going from when I used to commute. What I do know um, from from going back and forth the valleys to visit my mother and stuff in recent years is that for whatever reason, when the train schedule got reduced um, during COVID, when demand kind of um, dropped and they, they you know it was that sort of we were just in because of, of of covid it took a long long time for services to get anywhere close to what they were yeah so you'd have like one service an hour during like the week or like on a saturday um between the valleys and uh cardiff which is usually this too so it's like half the service um and stuff like that and and you'll go there like I think once maybe when I've been going home to visit my my mother in the past couple of months that there hasn't been like a delay or a cancellation the other the other week I went back and it was sort of like um one one train got cancelled after another and you're standing there sort of like fingers crossed um yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah Uh, so I mean this is worse. It makes for stressful experiences. Yeah, yeah. Say. It's it's worth saying, like, just for an idea of scale. I, I hadn't really done this. I hadn't. I forgot to mention this. But for, for people who want an idea of scale, uh, the the Ronda Valleys alone have a population of between seventy and a hundred thousand, depending on how you add it up. Like, that's it's a big area. That's that's a huge population. That's a huge number of people being served by yeah. by this railway line, um, and the service is. It can be described as, as as I mean we're going to get into we're going to reasonably briefly get into the issues of why this is in fact you know probably in about twenty seconds but um 
but it's 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 a similar story to what you know the the the, rural, the, the actual rural line that I travel on to get to my parents is similarly shonky, you know, um, and it comes down to lots of this of the similar problems. And I think, yeah, maybe maybe I'll explore some of these, and 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 you might you might be aware of some of these, you might not be aware of them. The first one, and there are loads of people in the chat describing some of the challenges actually. So uh, hello to all the people in the chat. Apologies about Becca's internet, by the way. Becca has very good uh, uh, reasons. We're all sending our best wishes to, to Becca's family at the moment because um, uh, they've got the Rona. And as a result, you, you, you're relying on your shoddy internet um, rather than um, you're going to be relying oh, on Oh, we get an internet complaint. I'm sorry, everyone. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I, 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 I'm I, sitting I, on the floor next to my router just to, just it's, to say. Look. It's not your... Britain is a failed state, which means that you can't... It's some, for some reason, you can't have good internet despite you being right next to your router. It's fine. It's not your fault. Um, so the main one that a lot of people are talking about is the fact that until very recently, until TFW became a thing and, and, and they took it over, the, the franchises that ran railways in Wales were not allowed to grow the service. They weren't allowed to lease more trains. They were banned, literally, like their contract did not allow them to hire more trains. Mm. So despite the fact that there, you know, these services were growing and in fact they were buying new line, you know, they were, they were constructing new lines, in fact, to run more trains, they were limited by contract on how many trains they could run on the whole network. So it was a not for growth. The idea of, of letting out a not for growth franchise is absolutely baffling, but that's kind of probably problem one. Um, and that's the DFT. That's Westminster. That's central government deciding that that's a good idea. So uh, problem one is Westminster government causing causing headaches, particularly for the valleys, where you had this incredible growth, this desire of people to travel. Not just that, but, you know, socioeconomic policy of Westminster and Cardiff was to grow, you know, to, to create these hubs of employment often requiring you to travel on public transport, either in Newport or in uh, Cardiff or, or kind of in between, uh, you know, like LG or, or some of these big employers, the, you know, the, the, the automotive industry or whoever it happened to be, these employers were not in the valleys. They were down in the flat areas where you could build a multi-hundred acre site or whatever it is, you know, um, Amazon warehouse or whatever it happened to be. So to get people to those required public transport, and yet they had no intent they had no desire to you know to allow Arriva Trains Wales to run more trains so that first of all is is a major cause of, of issues also the fact that they were running these things these things that you've already talked about the these class 150s yeah. uh, we we talked in the second episode i think of rail natter we did we did the history of of diesel multiple units in 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 the uk and or in gb rather and um and these are very old they are very old trains. These things How are. How old are they? Tell me. Oh, uh, ninety, early eighties. Which okay, oh, maybe right. doesn't sound that old, you know. But um, yeah. that is old no, for old. a train. They're as old as pacers, you know. These trains are as old as, and in some cases as ba as as knackered as um as pacers, you know, uh, of which are still running in Wales, by the way. Uh, for anyone who's like, oh, we finally got rid of the pacers. No, no, still running pacers here and there, just not on this line. I think it's just one fifties on this line for the nerds who know what that means, um. So here they are, you know, it's, it's an old diesel unit. Diesels are inherently shaky and unreliable compared to, you know, um, uh, electric trains. The Valley's line should have been electrified, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, let alone the fact that it's only just happening now and, and, e and not even fully. It's still only kind of a, a partial bodge job, but at least it's happening. But we'll get to the future. For now, we're moaning about why this is a problem and has been a problem in the past. So, so you've got these unreliable trains that we're not allowed to run any more of, you know, um, and also, it's on a line that is for quite substantial lengths of of its length is single track. So if you have like some problem or a train is delayed, 
it means that they can't pass each other. So they have to sit there doing nothing in the platform or indeed, you know, not reaching a platform, waiting for the other train to arrive from the other direction, which means everything gets screwy. Also, they rely, you know, th this line meets, uh, as we looked at on the map, in fact, I'll bring it back up um, for us. Uh, you look on the map, if I just bring up the, the transport map here, you look on the map, you can see that this, this it's, it's a fractal. So you've got the uh, the kind of the Ronda line connects up to the to the main kind of Taff Vale line, which in turn then is working its way into Cardiff and getting snarled up in all the kind of the, the Cardiffy stuff, um, working its way down and, and kind of, so all the ripple effects, you get delays at Cardiff Central, they ripple back up the line. You get delays at Queen Street, they ripple back up the line. So if you've got an issue on one of these lines, it often ripples out onto all of the other valleys lines. So and given that you're running unreliable trains um, with lots of single track bits that, that are and also with with to get nerdy with signaling systems that are often not particularly robust, you, you can see where the immediately you've just got a system that's not fit for purpose to transport lots and lots of people around. So um. I think that's those are the key issues. Um, I don't know. Does that match with do, do, describing that? Do those match with your experiences of you know like unreliable trains and waiting for trains that seem to be disappeared disappeared off the map? Absolutely, the single track thing I've noticed from my travels yeah. as well because you, yeah, you it'll split into two for for certain stations and then sort of join back up. And I have quite often thought, even when I've been sort of like sat in a train will it with it not move in thinking like how are they going to still run things because i'm on the train it's not moving it's stuck between stations and there's just one track yeah. so yeah that completely and also the signaling thing because that's all the time it was like oh there's been a signal and failure it's so and so and it's yeah all completely uh these, these yeah i mean these lines are have been run on a on a shoestring for a very long time um and so you know signal failures often refer to like the the, the points where tracks split often they, they can just get gummed up or they can just fail or the motor burns out also yeah the actual signals themselves can f go pop all sorts of all sorts of issues i don't actually know how up to date the signaling system is on these but it's getting updated or, or significantly updated as part of the future work so that's good but um there's a mixed i'd imagine there's just a mixed bag and a lot of it will be if it's like any british kind of suburban lines which which let's just out and out say it like the probably the element of rail that britain is absolutely worst at is not rural railways because actually generally our rural services are pretty hold up pretty well it's not intercity services because they're actually pretty good even though they can be quite crowded they, they run pretty frequently they're fast it's the suburban networks that britain's railways are just dreadful at the ones that most people use the ones that are the most important to the most people are the ones we are singularly dreadful at and it's because we've got this attitude that oh, if you're in suburbia you should be driving um, that's that's still the policy aim of government is that that's the approach. It's not that people travel by train. Um, certainly in Westminster, less so in the devolved uh, administrations, but certainly when it comes to Wales, we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, power is not something that they have. So so those are some of the issues on the line, and I think you agree that they, they they seem to kind of match up. But but I want to instill some optimism. I'm conscious of time. I want to instill some optimism. Hopefully. Um, which is what about the future and will the South Wales Metro fix things? Will they make your commute or your journey um, to see family any better, any less miserable? Um, and, and, and the answer is possibly, but I'm gonna, I want you to answer it. What I'm going to do is sort of say some of the things that are going to change and see if, see if these seem like they are providing you hope. Alex, I know you're watching. This is this is for you. I said that it wasn't going to all be doom and gloom. Alex Fortune uh, watching. I'm not going to say what he does, but um, people who know him know him. Uh, also, if people want to know what the South Wales Metro is, go back to when James Bennett from TFW joined us. 
and told us all about the South Wales Metro pretty much exactly a year ago. Uh, so go and do that. That was episode 44. Crikey. So here is a map of the South Wales Metro as it will sort of be. Um, and here we are. We're up at... Uh, there's uh, there's Ronda. There's Porth. Um, there we are. There's Porth. You said Porth was where you um, you hop on and yeah, off. Yeah, right. that's... There we are. Um, yeah, that's my tooth. That's it. It's the it's the crib. So, um, so yeah, this is the this this line here. We are up at, up to Treherbert and Aniswen and 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 so on and so on and so on. Um, lovely. I love that. There's so many euphemism names like Pentrev is village, right? That means village. It's like mm. these places aren't the huge town. It's funny anyway. Um, yeah, I believe Porth is gate means yeah, gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So, um, yeah, it's. A, I'm trying to remember quite. Is why is that? Why why is Porth called Gate? Is there a, is there a gate? It's because it's the first um, town as you get into. Um, ah, into the uh, valley. The valleys. Yeah, uh, it's like the first valley's town. Because um, Treharvard, like, you're still not like properly in the valleys yet. You're still closer to Pontypridd, which is yeah. sort of sort of towards Taff End. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ah, there you go. So yeah. here is here's the map uh, showing. So so you know the as you'd expect the the Ronda Valley line is on the map. It's on the map for the metro for the metro. Um, but what does that actually practically mean? Um, so uh, I've got some. I've got. I've nabbed these straight off the website. So these are the TFW claims as of uh, an hour and an hour and a half ago, um, which is so. Currently, I think there is, and this might not be right in COVID. It might still be like hourly, but in theory, there should be two trains an hour in each direction, right? I think. I think they might. I think they might have just gone back to two trains an hour. Okay. Okay. Um, but for a long time, it wasn't. And I'm not sure if it might have gone back down because I know they said that they were having staffing issues to do with COVID. So I'm not sure if their yeah. schedule has yeah, been reduced. That's, I should that's have a, checked. Sorry. That's, <laughs> a, no, that's, a, that's a problem right across the, the whole of the rail network. Like half of mm. like most services out of London, Victoria don't exist anymore because of the number of mm. staff that have been off with COVID. Um, mm. Crazy. So uh, this first bullet point is that those. So your service theoretically will double. Um, in each yeah, direction which is nice uh, right that's good that would be incredible if you were still commuting that would mean a lot because usually like you you miss your train to work in the morning you're automatically late for work you're in trouble and yeah, yeah. and that and, it's it's like get, four trains are still not it's not quite reaching metro I, again i get angry about people misusing metro um metro <laughs> is should be used for high density services this isn't metro yet even though it's called metro it's called itself metro it isn't actually metro because it's not high enough but but a train every quarter of an hour does mean that you can start turning up at stations without worrying too much about when the next train's going to be it's starting to reach the point of like oh i've just missed that one but it's not an hour or half an hour. It's like quarter of an hour. It's kind of yeah. a tolerable wait to the next train. It's not perfect, but it's it's getting there, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot better than than the it is. And you also, I, it will help people sort of schedule their day better because sometimes if you've got like if you're going somewhere at a certain time, you you, you your options are like be late somewhere or be too early and be waiting out in the cold or something. So yeah, that's good. It's yeah. good stuff. So that's good. And then, um, and there's uh, the logic is that the, the this is this is your ones, um, that you'll. And I don't know how useful this will be for most people, but they are going to extend from Cardiff down to Cardiff Bay. So if you want to go shopping, it's useful for me because I live in Cardiff Bay. Oh really? So... Well, there you go. That is actually well. There we go. That's useful. So two, but only not, two out of four. If you're not familiar with how sort of Cardiff Bay is, there used to be like a, a shuttle type service train service between cardiff queen street which is one of the main ones in town and cardiff bay every 10 minutes but since covid that's pretty much 
gone. I think it's. Yeah. I think now it's like one an hour. So for, um, for anyone not from yeah, so like Cardiff, Cardiff's a great city by the way. For anyone who's not been to Cardiff, Cardiff's an awesome city. It's just really interesting. Lots of cool uh, history. Lots of I mean, lots of like dark history as well as with any kind of major port town in Britain. But very cool. Um, lots of bits that I really love. The centre of Cardiff is doing really kind of pretty well, I think, at the moment. Lots of interesting reju- re- rejuvenation. Lots of slightly more dubious rejuvenation. But you know, again, Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, I love Cardiff. I've spent a lot of time in Cardiff because I've got family in Cardiff. Um, but you go through Butte Town, uh, like all the kind of post-industrial uh, area, there's like a big uh, kind of avenue that goes down, and alongside that is the little railway, and it used to have a, a, an old, like, class 101 or 100 bubble car, as they called it, this funny little chuffing thing that now is on the Wensdale Railway because I've travelled in it on the Wensdale Railway. Um, uh, this little chuffy thing that used to go down to Cardiff Bay, uh, Cardiff Bay being where... Um, where uh, Torchwood are based. If anyone actually know that it blew it up, didn't they? It blew up the, cent- the Cardiff Bay Torchwood base blew up. Anyway, for D- mm. Doctor Who fans, um, there's the big, nice, like brass, brassy sort of metally uh, Welsh sort of all the Welsh big Welsh the buildings. The Millennium Centre. I used to work in there when I worked at the opera, the aforementioned uh, nice. opera. Millennium Centre's nice. There's loads of cool stuff down at the bay. Like there's not nice old buildings and and then kind of quite a few new buildings. It's all all, all interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of a useful connection. Lots of and lots of as highlighted, lots of accommodation down right down there. Lots of residential areas in in kind of the old industrial areas. So lots of growth still happening down there. So um yeah, that's a, that is a useful connection. I think that that seems like a sensible thing. Um, and in theory, there'll be a new station. Um, uh, oh, it's a what, class one twenty one bubble car. Thanks, Simon. Uh, you big nerd. Um, yeah, so that's useful. And then extra. So, so we don't really. So don't worry about that too much. That's not relevant to you. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And then extra services. Um, kind of happening up to to Shrewsbury. So that that's kind of again fine. Uh, and Chepstow stuff. Okay, these these are less less valleys related. So so really, these are the two two key ones, which is the connection to Cardiff Bay and doubling the the service. Um, yeah, I think they're also planning to add more on the Sundays because what it used to be on Sundays was like one train every two hours. Yeah. Um, I think they might have gone. Yeah, up I didn't put the Sunday bit hour. in here actually, but yeah, the Sunday service is improving to like um, I think it's is it two an hour, Alex? A two what? an hour, which is like which is like. Um, incredible for for a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is oh. which is which is really good. Uh, the service increase means that Pontypridd to Cardiff will become twelve trains an hour, which is getting to metro service frequencies. That that's, so so the the idea is that yeah, obviously as you get close to the denser parts, then the frequency will improve. But it's not just the the service. You are finally going to be getting new trains which is nice mm-hmm. so there's 800 million yeah. quid the best part of a billion quid on new trains which is nice of, of which quite a chunk will be on on these things these sort of um they're kind of tram train hybridy things and um i believe these are the ones that will be running up to Treherbert. again people can correct me in the chat but i believe this is what your train will start looking like and hopefully they'll be um i think within one of these you've got more seats than are currently in the the two car diesel thing and hopefully they'll be coupling up double them so you have one two you have six car trains rather than two car trains i again can be correct on that but, but that will be <laughs> it's, it's a believe it when you'll see it type situation but was, that's the theory say, yeah. um so that should be nice uh they look very snazzy they're a bit they're a bit of a weird compromise so that they can do like on street running if if the if the metro kind of gets extended onto street running in places that anyway uh fine but that's that'll be the train so that's nice new trains but all of that, so so doubling the frequency is, is great, definitely. 
But do you think is that going to solve the problems, or do you think there are some some deeper outstanding issues that that are still to be resolved? What what, what are your perceptions? For example, you don't necessarily just want to get into Cardiff. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's the other problem is sort of interconnectivity between um, parts of the valleys, and then again you've got the, the continuing issues with um, uh, around the Vach. You know, I, d- I don't think that they are doing any plans to put extend there's, there's rail lines. No, yeah, there's nothing I've and seen. It, that, 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 that's there, part yeah. of it, and it's sort of traveling in between the valleys. You know, to get from. I mean, I'm aware there's you know mountains in between people, but like to to get from one valley to the other, usually you're catching a train to to Pontypridd and then you're switching over and then catching train all the way to the, the other end, and they're not actually that far away from each other, but yeah, you're kind yeah. of going. Um, so, so that's an issue as well, and I know that um, part of, I mean, it's it's difficult to say because the the metro is obviously like a very South Wales project, mm. which is good um, because obviously it, it's needed. But there's there's also that sort of thing of like getting north to south isn't particularly easy. Go, go, getting east to west and 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 so forth. It's like the interconnectivity between regions of Wales is still an issue and is still something that that um, that people will be looking to solve. And I think that partly comes into the politics around HS2 as well. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've heard, heard about that. Um, but, I mean, I think my, my main thing is, and this is going to sound really sort of like silly, is all of this sounds very good, but I will believe it when I see it and yeah. I'm I remain skeptical of things sort of being on time things actually materializing um because the the rail lines have been the way they are since I was since I can remember and so there's this you know you know four services now would be would be amazing a train that like that would be amazing but there's a bit of me that like doesn't quite trust it to actually materialize because it's just been so long well, this is this that, is ab- that we've had service at this standard. Yeah, we've internalised, and this is across Britain. We've internalised the idea of 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 upgrades because we're so used to upgrades being delayed or failing. We're so used to it mm-hmm. that we have totally internalised the idea that this does that, that positive transformation of rail services isn't just isn't going to happen. But yeah, but right, I am going to try and instil some limited optimism by um, bringing up this map thing here. Now, this map thing here. Um, theoretically, thanks, thanks to you know who you are who sent this to me. This is um, this is from the start of 2019. So I don't know to what I, I, those who are on here who know who you are, feel free to pr- cut in if this has changed. In theory, the works to upgrade up to Treherbert will be complete by, um, in theory, like the end of this year. That's the theory. So okay. I mean, if that. I, 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 people correct me if this is wrong and this is just uh, this is like others this is other stuff and there's like different things are in, at play here and, and actually there's more work that's going to be happening later but my understanding is that this is supposed to be happening quite like soon super soon who's going to be cutting in and, and supporting this is supposed to be happening like certainly the first half of, of this decade longer term like before the end of next dec- uh, of this decade theoretically there are going to be potential connections across valleys as well which would be nice but mm. um yeah, I'll, I I'll, I'll definitely believe that when I see it but certainly mm-hmm. the, the the connections down i mean given given that um, lots of hundreds of millions of pounds have just been spent on a head of the valley's road 
um, that should never have been built. It just absolutely should never have been built. It's ridiculous that it was built. Um, it should yeah, have been. Yeah, and it was built using um, the, the Welsh Government. Definitely not PFI, mutual <laughs> investment model funding system. That's definitely not PFI, but they can't tell us really how and why it's not PFI. Um, but that's another <laughs> bugbear that, I, <laughs> that yeah. I have. Well, that's just, uh, uh, no, that's just classic. They like that should have been a uh, it should have been a railway line like it should have been a, a a railway line connecting them people would have used the railway line instead of choosing to drive anyway it's very frustrating <laughs> so, so that's the theory um, and there's other like theoretically there'll be other bits of work like um, like extra bits of double track being built so that that will help sort of help reliability yes. um, which would be nice um, bits of it like toilets in some train stations as well which is incredible yeah so there's a bit uh, of controversy with toilets. Some- Apparently, but there's like yeah. the fact they're not going to have toilets on a lot of the trains, which yeah, I've mixed oh, feelings. Are they not? Oh, no, okay. yeah. no. So there's some controversy with this. But the idea is that basically you can hop off, go to the toilet in all the new toilets they're going to be building in the stations, and then hop back on. Which I can kind of understand because toilets take up a lot of space on trains; they make them heavier and blah blah blah. But also that is obviously a bit of a hit to people who perceive having toilets on trains and the other idea is that the journey time is going to be improved quite substantially so they're going to be bringing the longest journey time down from like whatever it is now like some like, yeah, over an hour like, down to quite yeah, a lot less than an hour i think down to 50 minutes I saw that, yeah yeah exactly yeah. so um so that theoretically is is the justification for that which I, which i think i can understand it's a similar argument that crossrail has had like people are saying oh but you crossrail trains and thameslink trains are such a long journey um you know what? You know why is you know there should be toilets? Like, yes, I can understand that, but the number of people doing end-to-end journeys, uh, whereas actually a lot of people do do end-to-end journeys uh, in uh, on yeah. this one. So mixed mixed feelings. The other thing though is that there there are they are leaving sizable sections of railway at least for the medium term without electrification, which does introduce a reliability issue and makes the trains heavier because they have to carry batteries. So I, yeah. I, I, I know I saw that Porth isn't one of the ones that's getting, was it? Oh, oh that's what it was. What's PES? That's, that, that's where I was going to ask you actually. What's PES? Oh God, where is PES? <laughs> sense. Uh, um, where, where am I? Where, where are we? Where if, you look at the key, if you look at the key, oh, yeah. it says existing station electrified. Oh yeah, non-electrified PES. Oh gosh, what is... In the chat, PES. Tell me what PES is. Um, yes, um, I. It's PES, whatever. That electrified, means. non-electrified PES. I don't know whether it's like. Oh, it could be like a fixed, fixed thing over the top. It might be like a fixed okay. bracket thing rather than conventional electrification. I don't know why they needed to write that down because, frankly, it's extraneous detail. Um, mm. So uh, pass on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed. To, I'm supposed to have the techie nerd answers. No, the chat are coming. The chat mm. are going to. Portable electrical storage? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. That's a guess from Dave. Don't anyone hold Dave to that. Uh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, anyway, right, fine. I, I have mixed feelings, but I understand that it allows them to accelerate the process, and it might be then that they can... Oh, permanently earthed section. Ah, P, that means that it's wired, but it doesn't have any juice in it, weirdly. Uh, okay. So, uh, fine. Uh, I think the logic is that it means that eventually they might then... As more people use it, they'll justify being able to then make the later investment. Fine, if that's the justification, but it shouldn't be the long-term solution. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Right, we've, we're already over time. I'm so sorry, uh, Becca. This always happens. No, no, that's that. I, I'm totally fine. So, okay. uh, and and as so, we're going to end. We're going to end on on a 
on, on a discussion which we kind of alluded to earlier and which you touched on briefly a, a minute ago, which I think, actually, we're going to cover a bit more than I've hinted on here. So it's not just Cardiff versus Westminster, but I think it's worth touching on the broader political situation in Wales in terms of North versus South and the regions versus Cardiff. You know, it's all the same talking points that you'll see in Scotland with the Central Belt versus the rest of Scotland. It's it, and, and indeed London versus the rest of the UK. These are such common themes and there are parallels between these, which is, you know, the area, the perceived area of, of greatest economic uh, activity invariably gets the, the, the investment. Um, so, yeah, but I thought let's kind of the, generally talk about the Cardiff versus Westminster thing first and see where it takes us. But um, we, we don't have to talk for hours and hours on this, just, just a fairly brief summary. But... Cardiff versus Westminster. So what, what is the dynamic? What are the challenges? Why why is this such a hot talking point at the moment and increasingly so? I think, um, and this is something that's been fairly accelerated by the pandemic, I think, but basically um, the this sort of growing frustration with the, the, the constitutional settlement that we've got in Wales, the, the devolution settlement, obviously, for people who don't know, we don't, you know, the, the devolution settlement that say like Northern Ireland and, and Scotland and Wales have, they, are, they aren't they are all the same. The, the the powers that each government of each respective country differs. So, yeah. you know, for example, in Scotland, you've got control over your policing and your justice systems. You've got, you, you know, you can make policy decisions. I'm thinking of recently um, the sort of decision sort of, or, or the plan to um, sort of not prosecute some people who are found in possession of um, illegal substances in Scotland, they're able to make those kinds of decisions because um, they've got control over that that part of of uh, legislation. We don't have those same powers in Wales. We're trying to pursue, and, and and the reason I bring up devolution of justice is because that's one of the huge tussles between Westminster and and Cardiff Bay at the moment is that we want um, control over our police and our justice system. Notionally, the Welsh government wants to pursue a more progressive um, uh, criminal justice system that's sort of focused more on sort of rehabilitation, etc. Whether I've got my own opinions on on the degree to which that is true, um, but that's not that's a discussion for another time. And then other parts of it is the we've got a very weird um, settlement to do with our transport. Um, so as far as I understand it, um, we have control over um, the the actual units, the car- the carriages that travel on our railways. But outside of the valleys, we don't have control over our rail tracks. Um, so I think the co- what they call the core valley lines, which is you know. What we've just discussed with the the, yeah. the Ronda and, and 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 places like Romney and stuff, we we took those into ownership um, during the pandemic. But the rest of the it, it's a very strange sort of mix matched um, kind of situation. And also because of the the fact that part of or, or much of our uh, railway system is controlled from Westminster means that we miss out on huge amounts of funding which is again as you were talking about you know why things have been run on a shoestring for so long at the same time we've got um growing I'm trying to sum this up as best as I can sorry we've got sort of growing um uh what's the word growing sort of murmurings to do with independence within the Welsh Labour Party 
So one of the things that's happened um, since devolution is there's been sort of this growing trend among the Welsh public towards sort of greater devolution of powers. Um, And particularly, as I said, this accelerated during the pandemic, because what's happened is we've suddenly become more aware of um, the powers that the Cardiff Bay does hold because of the the different um, restrictions and stuff to do with COVID that we've been able to see. Suddenly people are aware of, you know, oh, we can do things differently to England. And there's that sort of like version and sense of, it's not to be like cliche about, it, but it's that taking back control type thing. Yeah. So we've seen sort of like quite, su- not surprising, but quite significant rises in um, support for so pro-independent sentiment is, is perhaps a yeah. way to put it. Yeah, and yeah. I know with the with the election that's just happened, Play Cymru didn't do very well. Play Cymru is our our left wing party and also the party of um, of Welsh nationalism support for independence um and they did quite badly and that's been taken as sort of like oh that means that the independence question is off the table but a significant proportion of welsh labor voters are supporters of independence and you've got these sort of groups within the party that are pushing for that and in order to appease um uh parts of the party that are pushing for that and to to appease the wider question of sort of independence the Welsh government has put together this what they call a constitutional commission, which is looking at how we can make our devolution settlement better. And that's going on sort of through this year. Mm. So at the same time, you've got this constitutional commission, you've got the, the pursuit of the devolution of justice. At the same time, you've also got the coal tips issue, which I alluded to earlier, um, which um, basically you've, you've got hundreds and hundreds of high risk coal tips across the country, but largely in the South Wales Valleys, there's 75 high-risk ones in Bwanda alone. Um, you had a collapse of a tip in um, Bwanda Vach in Tylerstown um, after Storm Dennis in 2020, just before the pandemic, which has put everyone sort of on edge because mm. there's the lingering memory of the Aberfan disaster. Absolutely. There's tips in the Rwanda Valleys. There's a tip, say, in like Astrid that is above a school that um, has no sort of issues i can't can't definitively the, the, the degree of risk there but it has issues that have been recorded before and so there's there's this ongoing um push and pull between westminster and cardiff bay over who should fund um the repair works that would make the coal tips safe and that is to do with you know the argument being you know the the coal industry predates devolution we only got uh, devolution in the late 90s and so Westminster should um, take responsibility for that but they're sort of completely vetoing yeah, um, yeah. funds. so there's this these these sort of wider issues to do with this feeling of like being left out not having control the constitutional questions the 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 continuing sort of lack of funds has all fed into this HS2 thing because the the wider narrative around HS2 in Wales, and this is implied Camry and um, and Labour actually Labour as well, is that um, HS2 doesn't at all cross the border into Wales. It doesn't have any direct benefits. Any benefits that it has are sort of marginal, um, and therefore we should get more funding and we should have control over our own. Um, our own transport network. Now, I'm not sure on the specifics of the first part of that. Obviously, I definitely agree with the second part because it just makes sense and we've got a really weird constitutional settlement. 
but that's how the politics feeds it that's where it sort of fits into this wider context because there's so many um pushes and pulls between Westminster and Wales at the moment you've got Westminster also continually legislating in devolved areas as well yeah um, which there, means that yeah and, and there's this increase so that there firstly the interesting thing is how much we've talked about parallels between Scotland and Wales but that the the party dynamic is to, is fundamentally different in relation to the power of Labour in, in Wales versus Scotland Labour have absolutely no Kind of, kind of uh, national presence or, or or Westminster presence in in Scotland anymore. They've been decimated, um, lab- and they are staunchly pro union. Uh, Labour is staunchly pro union in Scotland. Labour is uh, can be at best described as agnostic towards the union in Wales, and they it's are the, their official position is radical federalism, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. which is another way of saying uh, rip up how things are now and make major change. Yeah, uh, that's definitely which the which is. Kind of sorry, what independence is. Um, so, and they are doing much, much better. They are a force to be reckoned with in Wales. You know, they're they're currently in charge. Uh, you know, so they've um, never not been in charge. To be fair, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's this. Th- th- there's a fundamental difference in power, which is very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Which possibly changes the the, the interaction between. Uh, Westminster between the two nations but fundamentally we have currently have a government that hate devolution they hate devolution in England they've been stripping powers from devolved kind of organizations in you know for example transport for the north have just had their powers stripped um they have uh, just sort of uh, gobbled up Midlands Connect autonomy they're giving them extra oh, I'm powers so sorry. But... that's all right I've still I've still got you you're still there um so um oh, so, right. okay. so there are these challenges um your, your head's changing size but it's fine we've, we've still got you here um Sorry. so so that so that this government hates devolution and they are you know so there's this thing for those who don't know there's this thing called the barnet formula which defines how much when money is spent in england how much that then is spent or, or in in other parts of, of the uk how much money is then spent in northern ireland and wales um and it's highly politicized like it, it relies on inputs that are defined and controlled by westminster Hey, just we'll get into this next uh, next week uh, as I'm about to tease later in the in the, the episode tease because we're talking about this next week even more. I wanted to talk to you about this while we had you on, which is why I've stolen more no, of your no, evening no. to talk about it because it's it's really good, important to get the political context. Um, but the, the this yeah fundamentally Barnet what what you get is that the the money that the Barnet Barnet formula kicks to the regions is called the consequential, and this the HS2s because of the government's weird and wacky modelling. HS2 is there is no HS2 consequential going to Wales. There's no consequential as as a result of HS2 going to Wales, um, and that has created this this discussion. And, and it's highlighted the extent to which Barnet is politicised. It, it, the Barnet formula is just a is just a tool for Westminster to decide who it's going to reward for being a good boy or girl, uh, <laughs> and uh, and this government hates devolution. And this is really. Uh, brilliant because it means it's good in a way uh because uh it's drumming up a hell of a lot of extra support for independence and certainly for vigorous ref, you know for mm. radical um, yeah it's they they keep doing shit like um their their position is like muscular unionism is the westminster yeah. um position at the moment yeah. you had this sort of like stupid incident where they they wanted to they, they've got a government building in the center of cardiff and they wanted to to put a, a giant union jack on the building to sort of like mark their territory kind of thing and you you keep getting all these like 
because there's sort of mur- sort of murmurings and, and, and slight increases in in, in uh, people favouring independence. They're sort of trying to clap the boot down but obviously yeah. the more yeah. that they do that the more attention to the issue it brings and the more sort of <laughs> the that's, yeah it's not how it works you know it's not yeah it's not gonna work the tighter your grip lord tarkin the more mm-hmm. systems will slip through your fingers or something like that isn't it um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if anyone wants to know the the um the 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 imperial uh evil imp- empire here is uh westminster and uh english nationalism uh yeah well for, in, in transport you had the union connectivity review which um, I have a lot of time for its main author. I think he is he is a positive force for for railways and public transport in the UK. But it was a nakedly pro union document intended to sort of potentially take power away power that is that the little power that Wales already has. It's potentially to take some of that away. A good example being potential by making the M4 corridor a strategic route. They're potentially going to just uh, bulldoze over uh, literally. Um, Wales's decision not to progress with the uh, with the with the M, the new M4 bypass sort of thing around Newport. There's potentially just going to bulldoze yeah. that. So, so these are this is not in, in a way not good, but in another way, you know, this government's time is limited, and they are just strengthening the need for much more uh, much stronger devolution. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk we'll talk more about this, but I, I, I'm glad I'm glad we've had you to sort of summarise the sort of state of play from what you know i i could do a, i would do a very bad job of summarizing the state of place so i'm very glad that you have done so and i'll next week i'll refer people back to this segment um so they can sort of soak soak it in um yeah it's messy and well, i suppose the most frustrating thing is that you end up with with people um making stuff up to make their point which then basically undermines a point that they're making which is fundamentally that wales needs more power and more funding or ideally more power over its own funding you know that it's it, it absolutely vigorously needs that so i'm hitting my pc because it's rattling uh it's it's a new pc but it's i've, I've got a load of hard drives in it that aren't screwed down and they do have a habit of rattling uh sorry everyone it's in the, a in the chat. operation oh, going you it's just like you expect things to it's like the it's like the play that went wrong there's like bits of sparks flying down and sort of the lighting <laughs> literally a lighting rig has just fallen backwards here that's supposed to illuminate my face better because the blue tax melted uh I'm a permanent way engineer, not a, a media specialist. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, it's basically it, it is messy, and it is going to get more. The battle is going to only get more bitter as this government gets more desperate, as it sees that it's ceding power to the devolve. You know, ceding power, if not legislatively, then ceding power, as in it's you know the electorate is moving further and further against Westminster. Um, if you, yeah, I mean, if you keep an eye out during this year, because again, as I say, you've got. Um, the constitutional commission which is ongoing which they sort of i don't i don't know how likely it is that they'll reach this conclusion but um they've said that independence isn't off the table with our constitutional commission so theoretically and again nobody like come after me because i don't know how much i believe this is the case either but theoretically that commission could come out with at the end we should go for independence because um there was a, a commission on justice in wales a while back that, that came with a conclusion justice should be devolved and that's the position the welsh government then took so theoretically that could feasibly become the welsh government's position again not saying that that's likely um at the same time this summer they, they're doing this whole program of like visualizing a post you know a, a devolved justice system in wales they, they, they're basically doing things to kind of I don't want to say posture because that sounds, but the stuff is being done that is kind of 
pushing Westminster into trying to work with us um, in, in, into ceding some more power. So I don't think this um, this push and pull is going to get any less um, tense yeah. over, over the, the coming year. And for those, there are a couple of people saying, oh, I'm sensing a bit of anti-English sentiment here. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you want a perfect <laughs> example that undermines any idea that this is us being anti-English, um, we're talking basically we're talking about treasury here we say westminster reality is we mean treasury we mean the cabinet office and treasury um if you want an example of devolution being ripped up in england you have transport for the north but i'd say if you want even the, the most uh sort of uh, per, the perfect and most poignant example is the power being stripped away from the mayor of london and transport for london the only <laughs> This government hates devolution everywhere. It hates devolution in England. It, it, it does not like democratization of power to the regions, uh, those regions yeah. including London. You know, this is not. And, and in the Welsh context, I don't know the number off my off the top of my head, but whenever the the English government, the, the Westminster government, legislates in areas that are that, that can either have an impact on devolved matters or are directly in you know sort of legislating within those devolved matters. Um, there has to be something called a, a legislative consent memorandum. Um, and I think, I can't remember the, the exact number off the top of my head, but there's been more um, legislative consent memoranda in the past um, two years, I believe, than than basically at any time. Um, it's things like the policing bill, even there's bits yeah. in there that sort of, it provides direct instructions to like local authorities, which is a devolved matter in um, in Wales, there's there's bits in the National Anti Border Bill that sort of mess with the Welsh position as a na- nation of sanctuary. Um, stuff to do with like um, social services and things like that. It, it, it's a continuing thing, and what and the thing is, once once they legislate in a devolved area, it means that it becomes difficult for you to then uh do your own legislation in future in that area yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm becoming less articulate now because i'm quite hungry but <laughs> yeah, yeah me too. my balance trouble as well that, don't worry we that, are wrapping up very soon <laughs> <laughs> no that was it that, that was just me apologizing for, for for me sort of like trailing off and sounding kind of dumb um but but what i'm kind of trying to get done it's nothing to do with with being anti-english it's the fact that um there are real tangible um transgressions government's power um, observable and, and recorded um, that that I'm making reference to is not is not just just general. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a conservative person myself, but I'm also not a big fan of the Welsh government either. Yeah, <laughs> um, I as I think, anyone who's I, I, read anything that I've written will know. I'm, but, I'm you know, I come from this on a position of what I, what's ever best for the you know people in Wales. You know, I'm a policy person rather than a, a party person at the moment. So it's coming genuinely from a position of what I can see and observe. Um, yeah, exactly, and it's uh, but it, exactly it comes down to democ- It comes down to democracy. It comes down to representation. An epiphany that I've been having increasingly uh, over sort of the last sort of six, seven years is um, uh, local government good, you know, local and regional government good, national government 
basically bad uh, and pan-national government also good because anything that you need to solve at a national level probably is useless to be solved at a national level because it probably needs to be solved at a, a multi you know, at a planet-wide or certainly a, a kind of a continental level and anything that then needs to be solved at a local level is not well suited by national government either so I'm, I'm kind of all for like increased power to regions and local authorities and increased power to well, certainly powers that nations think they ought to have then work up to, to kind of pan-national organizations because things like climate change can't be solved by individual nation states and mm. things like uh, making sure that you have good local buses can't be solved by nation state level government either so for me it's like very few problems neatly fit into being a national issue actually most problems mm. are either like planet-wide or are local anyway mm. Oh, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up there. We've got gone off on one hopelessly, and I've taken up far too much of your evening, Rebecca. I'm so sorry. So, no, well, I, oh yeah, I, I put in. I was going to play the video, but I'm going to play it next week. Uh, so let's go back to our miniaturized faces. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play this video next week. But basically, um, uh, Mick Antonio uh, is he's labour. Antonio, sorry, Antonio. Mick Antonio, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's labour, and he's thought. He's traditionally been considered to be on the the Labour left, mm. but yeah, he's sort of yes. Yeah. He's getting angry about HS two, and and it, kind of to be honest, mostly I agree with him. This is this is basically going to be the theme of next week. It's like I mostly agree with all the points being made. It's just that they're making wrong points anyway about a thing that is blah 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 blah. We're, we're finished that conversation now, right? Oh, the the the, the traditional outro. So. Uh, thanks everyone for listening thanks to everyone in the chat as well you've all been wonderful some really interesting discussions um uh yes alex fortune is pointing out corrections about nationalis like nationalization of railways but that's a whole episode in and of itself i think uh thanks alex thanks everyone who's been watching and inputting it's been great um you can listen to this in all the normal places hopefully it's worked in audio only form actually it has because it's, it's basically just been becca and i kind of chatting at length which is really nice so um so that's that uh the usual sort of ads i, I have to have ads because people tell me often i don't do this bit um pay patreon.com slash gareth dennis is where you can make more of this happen suggest guests you know these the, uh, thanks to everyone who's been suggesting guests for this year uh it's really always uh kind of good for for you all to input in so that i uh, i know what people you want to hear from um uh, merchandise from masquette go go collect merch um that if you want a mask or a mug that has the logo on it why not um also put in your mug suggestions for for things that are funny or you want to have on a mug um paypal.me slash gareth dennis if you'd want to just chuck loose change at me and uh, garethdennis.co.uk slash discord um to continue in the chat that's been happening in the youtube channel um uh, in the youtube chat you can do more of that just in perpetuum in there next week is going to be it's episode 97 which is thematically does hs2 benefit wales i just thought i'd cut right to the heart of the issue um yeah does hs2 benefit wales that is going to be the episode and this has been a you know th i think this whole episode not just the bit at the end there i think this whole episode has been really valuable context to, to the discussion and we'll talk i think we'll probably next week i'll probably be exploring some of that we didn't actually touch on it but some of the regional some of the south wales well actually particularly cardiff and newport versus all of the rest of wales type dynamic as well because i think that's that plays into this really importantly um yes yeah, so that's that's that what was the other thing i was gonna i was gonna say something sensible uh and it's it's gone uh never mind uh it's gonna be it was gonna be a valid point but it's oh yes no uh, i'm gonna go back to our, our while i have this episode thing up so the live episode which is happening uh in a couple of weekends the pre-record it's not gonna be live it's gonna be a pre-record but it will be live because there'll be actual humans there it is going ahead but i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep it smaller to minimize risk from covid so I, I, one of those standard things of being very nervous about the COVID situation, given that uh, Omicron was climbing, I didn't think an event was a good idea. But actually, 
We're going to do it with about 20 people there, so it's still going to be a few people there, but it'll be smaller. It'll be a try run for another one, so there will be another pre-record at some point in the future. Um, maybe I'll do a double live one where it's a pre-record, but it's also not a pre-record. It's it's a it's an episode being recorded live with a live audience. But, but I, oh, good grief. I don't know how I'm going to manage that, given I've got blue tap melting and, and sparks flying from above my head, Rebecca. I don't know how that's going to go, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, I can just hit it with a hammer. That's what that's what track engineers do, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so that, so if if you've got if you've bought a ticket off um, Eventbrite, you'll have got an email from me. If you haven't, then go and check your spam, check your email inbox. You'll have got some information from me. It, those who've booked, it is going ahead, which is good because it means that York LGBT forum will get two hundred and fifty to three hundred pounds uh, from me, which is nice because it allows them to do more things. So I'm I'm pleased about it. I didn't want to cancel because it would have meant that I'd have had to not give New York LGBT forum cash. That was kind of the, the, the pressure from the other side. Anyway, oh, it is too late to get a ticket this time, Matteo. I'm sorry, but there will be more tickets for another event in the future, probably this summer. Um, someone suggested doing one in Cardiff, which I think would be awesome. So maybe I will do one in Cardiff. Uh, maybe make it a touring show. Let's see. But I'll do another one in New York first so that I can get the tech down. So keep keep your eyes out for that. For those who have bought tickets, you can come and watch. I'm looking forward to it. It's, I'm very scared because all of a sudden it makes it a bit of a live stand-up type situation. Good God. Uh, oh, I have no idea. Right. Oh, I waffled that bit very vigorously. Let's go back to the two of us. Oh, um, oh Rebecca, you've gone weirdly. Your, your resolution's increased sufficiently that you've... Um, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's gone back to normal size now. I don't understand Skype at all. Uh, it, it does seem to have worked, though. That's the, the main thing. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time, for, for giving up literally an hour and a half of your evening, and more than that, actually, because I phoned you a bit earlier. So um, thanks for that. It's been brilliant. Um, any last thoughts? <laughs> anything you want to share with them? Oh, anything you want to plug, actually? I didn't give you a chance to plug anything. Anything you want to plug? Oh, God, I don't have anything to... I mean, you can follow me at Wilkes Becker on Twitter. Um, I work for the National Wales... Um, so that's the national dot Wales. I'm a reporter and occasionally I'm a columnist there um, oh, when I get time. And um, so you can follow them at national Wales, I believe it is on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, thanks Rebecca. That's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed that. It's been, um, uh, you were worried that you wouldn't have like rail sufficient levels of rail chat, but actually you've, yeah. you've had, you've spoken for an hour and a half on railways. So, um, there you go. That's, uh, that's a turn up for the books. It's happened. Uh, <laughs> no, that was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, thank you, Rebecca. And it only really remains for us to sort of wave vigorously as the uh, as the as as is traditional for Welsh uh, rail natter episodes as uh, as the chorus sing us out. So, uh, cheerio, everyone. Cheerio.